Hey everyone, if you like the content that you're hearing, uh, please support the show. Uh, we have subscriptions up right now for a monthly dollar a month or up to whatever donation you feel uh, comfortable with. And also, you can hit my link R, which is in uh, the description of the show, uh, to send me donations for Venmo and Cash App. And all this goes into bringing in better quality and also better content. So thank you. Have a good day. Period, yeah. I'm a black, brown, and indigenous. Gotta holla if you really feeling this. Gotta holla if you really real enough. Other rappers is delirious. Yeah, it's really that serious. Better holla if you really feeling me. I gotta keep it a hundred. If you don't like it, then fuck it. Ay. We gonna win in the end. Yeah, we gonna live in abundance. I gotta keep it a hundred. If you don't like it, then fuck it. Ay. We gonna win in the end. We gonna, we gonna, we gonna, I gotta give it a hundred, we gotta stop all the stunting, you know we coming from nothing, yo you talking about money you bluffing, we gotta do something different, we gotta change how we living, we gotta do better for women, we gotta do better for children, we gotta listen to victims, whether Jewish or Muslim or Christian, it doesn't matter your religion, you gotta stand against the system, or else you just another villain. How you just sitting there chilling? Hello, everyone. On uh, Spotify Airways and all over the world, all platforms. Hope everyone's having a good day. Um, well, unfortunately, we had a very emotional week, which we'll probably talk about later on. <laughs> um, I am here with uh, the Green Party candidate for California, uh, James Kahn. Um, Kahn, right? Yes. Okay, perfect, perfect. Uh, I have his link here at the bottom for people that are watching uh, for to, to check out his uh, campaign and everything. Um, how are you doing today, first of all? <laughs> um, good. Fantastic. We were going to meet six hours ago, which would have been a lot sleepier, but now we're right, right. caffeine and ready to go. Yeah, you're charged up. This That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, sorry about the miscommunication about that. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm very thankful for the media. Um, uh, I I cannot express my thanks enough. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, definitely, I honor to have you come on. Um, I've looked at your platform, and I think that you have a very great progressive platform compared to what other Democrats and Republicans, of course, is uh, running for Senate for. Um, and I, I would say, like, what 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 got you so uh, so mo- so wanted to be mobilized and, and wanted to run for Senate? Is that the first question? Um, I, I'm old now. I don't, I don't give a crud if I, if, if I embarrass myself. How's that? Uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, probably I, I probably didn't do things as grand when I was younger because I was worried about embarrassing myself, uh, you know, and, and that would shine badly on my family. And uh, now I'm older um i really don't care about that and i and i just kind of put down on my platform issues that really have bothered me all my life nice 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 that's that's really awesome that's really awesome you know it takes time you know i I understand that coming from a christian background family it's so hard to even like want to find your voice and stuff like that um but that's dope because now 
look at this now we actually have someone that we can look at another option in california which is really really good <laughs> that's democratic held right is strongly democratic held. is there any green party seats um well we we do have a few people that are green party at the local county levels uh, mm-hmm. level. uh, uh so green party uh does have about uh, across the united states is about 66 uh, p- uh politicians in office um so um, that connotates two things. Uh, one is, is that it, voting green is not a throwaway boy, vote. A lot of people say, oh, Green Party wins. But also, we are highly under, um, we're not very well represented. No. So, yeah, I totally, I totally feel you on that. Uh, the Green Party saying it's a throwaway vote and stuff, especially me being on a socialist party as well, too. A lot of people will say, like, oh, well, the Democrats. You should just vote for them because you're stealing away their votes when you're having other candidates. They're the ones that are actually leading this movement. Are they really? And that's what we're probably going to get into. <laughs> uh, uh, they're literally like, it's like they feel like they are, uh, you have just, to vote for them. How dare you? They're flavor of the Kool-Aid. Uh, right. And they get the same results. It's still it's still sweetener. Uh, that's all it is. Um, and once a person accepts that, that in their heart, they um, realize, they see everything for what, the Democrats and Republicans represent. Um, right, right. Um, uh, we, you know, you got to keep viewers. Look, uh, we, we just uh, we just watch Russia invade Ukraine. Right. Forty um, percent of oil that the European Union gets is from Russia. Where do you think that oil? Where do you think those oil pipelines lie? Right. Right. It's a war of oil. Um, it's a war of innocence. Um, of those missiles, those tanks are killing innocent children. Um, for um, companies, the the Russian oil companies, British Petroleum is on the other side. So today, uh, as these oils, uh, as the oil flows through the uh, western blocks of uh, Russia, uh, the eastern blocks of European, that oil flows into our companies and um, British Petroleum. Uh, you look at is, of course, England, you look at Exxon, you look at Shell, which is Dutch. Um, these companies feign uh, uh, prayer and thoughts. But really, it's about each one of our uh, home team's oil company ensuring that oil flow. And the and innocent people are dying for oil. Yeah, and this is something that has been going on um, for I don't know how long with just the, the, the United States industrial military complex. And it's about time. I think now that in 2022, we have a full understanding of where this is all coming from. Um, and th- these are things that you talk about. I saw the Obama speech, especially in, in pollution now. And I would like yeah. to also mention to people that war is also a huge pollution as well too. just the whole fact of how war is conducted. So that's, it's another aspect as well too. Um, you were talking about this and you had the Obama speech on. Is this yeah. something, Is are, are you the only candidate that is bringing this up? Are the Democrats that are opposing you bringing this up? Or I don't know. I, I saw that speech. I'm a video editor. I went through, uh, I, I, in preparation for this, I do a lot of reading. And I saw that speech. I'm like, it's almost as like if Barack Obama was just uh, telling us right. how it's all rigged. Right. And But it's a speech of like, oh, I'm concerned that I'm an American president. But he lays down there every reason why. Um, we have oil spills. How it's not going to end? He, I, I, I admit that uh, that when I came in office, I, I didn't take this seriously, and I let all the all the inspections get rigged. 
There were cocaine mm -hmm. and prostitutes. Yay. Oh, but you know, we're going to do better this time. It's not, I'm going to take, I'm going to take responsibility and step down. It's just, you're going to do, have another game plan. And then at the very end, he says, which we're very talking about, in the end, our, our truest weapon is just thoughts and prayers. I'm like, but that's been the, that's been the solution for 100 years, man. <laughs> that, that speech is, uh, I think, an indictment of the failure mm. of Barack Obama. And people mm. will look at it and say, why did you put that up there? Um, why did you give him so much time? Because I gave him time to hang himself. Mm. And if you step back from it, you'll realize how he just laid it all out. Um, mm. Deep oil drilling, the increasing need for oil increases, 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 right? United States use, um, produces 20%. What is it? He said like 20% of the oil and then, you no. know, we use 60%, something ridiculous like that. And he says, will it end? Nope. Well, it's gonna, we're just going to drill deeper and deeper and deeper. Biden gets in office. He gives out more leases in the oil and the coast than he president before him. Right, right. Right. I mean, Biden uh, even uh, voted for the Iraq war as well, too. So that's another correct. thing. Yeah. I got a friend of a friend who is a photographer for uh, National Geographic. She went down to the Gulf Coast and uh, enlightened me very early on about Corexit. Corexit is produced by British Petroleum. Corexit has been banned in Britain. Corexit is spelled C-O-R-E-X-I-T, like it corrects the mistakes. Right. Corexit is a dispersant for oil spills. Uh, Corexit does. Uh, it's been found over and over again. Corexit does equal damage to the to the oil, to the oil spill area and the oil it does itself. Um, and then I show this. It's like uh, people just go, it's dispersant, but it gets into the fish and the shrimp and then people eat the fish and the shrimp. And then we have Corexit and oil balls in our intestines, intestines. Oh, wow. Yeah, and if you watch that video, it's disgusting. It's absolutely yeah. disgusting. It's uh, it's for profit. It's for oil, and it always comes down to some of the simplest things. People don't want to give up their cars. People don't want to get on the bus. People don't. People don't want to live a lifestyle. Right, right, right. People say, well, why? You know, can we build better cars? But I'm like, but we have to share that atom that produces the carbon, right? Right. So if you got this, if you got this oil or. Or right now, electricity is produced by oil by and large. It's by and large mm -hmm. produced by stuff. But if, if if you're if you're using a wattage of electricity, and it's powering one train which power, which carries fifty people, and then if you try to disperse that between cars, it breaks down to where it doesn't make sense. We have to share that electricity to power those trains, to power those buses. So we have to produce less carbon. Mm. Okay. So, Right. Um, but it's science, scientific knowledge that you can follow the money. It's about profit. And that's why we're not going to do what science scientific because science right. says it's about greed and profit. Exactly. I agree with you. And especially uh, looking at the pipeline that, that that's being built in Yemen, and which is why it's so a big deal between the Saudi U.S. coalition war that's happening here. It's uh, this is all driven about about money. In the past, it was about faith and religion. But now in the future, war is about money. And war also ruins working class people on all sides, which is something that I've been drilling in a lot of people's head. Do you need to drill out of people's heads? Because some people call for, you know, the destruction of a certain country that, you know, that the, the press demonize or the press talks about when we are literally in the belly of a beast. And we need to understand that we have working class needs just like they have working class needs, you know? <laughs> war, you know... Uh... There's, there's, look, uh, I grew up poor. I, I say it a lot, but who came to our high schools? 
the military came right. to our high schools with booths and, and got all of it. We're all like signing up all the kids in high school to go in the military. Mine too. Yep. Right. They don't go to the rich schools in Rodeo Drive or off of Rodeo Drive, Rodeo Drive and do that. They do that in the poorest of neighborhoods and get the poor kids to enlist and go to war. Yo, I'm now, so glad you said that. <laughs> why did, from that everybody experiences that. So if everybody's experienced that, why does that need to be explained? Right. So, uh, yeah, um, it just from the from high school on, it destroys people's lives because it puts takes them off the path. Of college enrichment and says, here's some discipline. Go off to war and die for your country. Right. Right. And, and, and we have to be disciplined. That's the most the majority of the culture of America to bow to authority, to acknowledge authority. Um, yes. Wow, this is good. <laughs> I have a, a there's something else I wanted to bring up, uh, which you have a long list of that I, I really do like uh, in economic inequality. Yes. Um, so why 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 do you want to what what brings to mind uh, firsthand when you think about ending economic inequality? What comes to mind first, and what processes should you think we should take um, in building this, especially for the state of California? Because um, the, you know, I I grew up in the '90s, so I talk about African Americans, mm-hmm. and now we then we're talking about, and I was always told that saying black was not right, um, mm-hmm. right? It's about physical character, but then now we're about people of color. But let me just say that the reason is is that people of color have told me that that is their priority. Mm-hmm. That if you want to really, uh, if you want to know how to end racism, white people. Um, if you want to be, if you want to work towards a better country, we'll listen to what black people want. Um, one of my, <laughs> so, um, you, so I'm going to turn it on you. Uh, it's just, <laughs> so I come from the, the belief that um, basically, if you want to solve a problem, listen to black people. And, uh, and I want to run for office and I'm like, people that are black should obviously be in power. But if I want to be in power, the solutions that I bring up to uh, end the, the economic gap um, is going to, it comes from people like, uh, one of my favorite books is by Michelle Alexander. Um, mm-hmm. She wrote a book called The New Jim Crow. I've read it about three or four times. Actually, I should say I've owned about three or four copies. Um, Michelle Alexander makes a great, um, it makes a really, she's, uh, makes a really great argument about how um, people of color, black people, are living in a caste system. And much like India, it is a caste system that is not just cultural, but actually is um, a legislative and the laws of the country create a caste system of black people in our country. Um, and that caste system is enforced through the en- en- economic inequality. Um, racism gets its power from capitalism. Um, Kwame Turek. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, now, not only do black people get paid less, they go uh, and and all this other stuff. You know, you can talk forever on go to you know gym more often, go to jail. Even though a black, even though a white person is two hundred times more likely to use crack cocaine, uh, cocaine, a black person is uh, more likely to go to jail for it. Right. And right. any criminal and any criminal thing and criminal acting like that. Um, automatically, when getting out of jail, um, they can't get student loans. They can't rent an apartment. They, it interferes with their jobs. They can't vote. 
And so every right that they have to housing, job, life, liberty, everything is now illegal. Uh, and it comes down to money. And now if someone has no resources to all you socialists and communists out there, if, they're, if their means do not produce anything, they have no equity of their own, then they go out and they're, they're a separate caste. Now, where is that caste? Is, are they living in the are they living in the apartments next to us in good in good neighborhoods? No. Are they do they have houses? No. They live out homeless, skid row, and transient housing, you know, for white rich white people down in Orange County, couch surfing, living in a van down by a river. But their but their rights are removed and it's economic. Now, um, and we're and we're allowed to continue that system because it is uh, creates profit for people that write those laws against them. If you want to, uh, if you now, if uh, if you look at, uh, I'm going to end this thought because it's worked well for me, and I think it echoes, and I believe it, is that if um, there's a mayor and a city council who are just downright racist, unless they don't know it, but um, who goes to the city council meeting and advocates for codes and things like that? Much of the homeowners. Now, if you got a mayor and city council and all the homeowners are black. Then they're how they legislate reflects the people. So give black people all those that equality, which equates to a voice in the city halls, a voice in corporations, a voice in the voice in the community that is stifled because it's a caste system. And that caste system that I speak of is, like I said, it's not cultural at all. People talk about redlining, people talk about you know sharecropping. That caste system is alive and well today and worse than ever because it's right in front of our faces and we ignore it. Right. I agree. Um, that, those, those are the words of Michelle Alexander. I just use yeah, like, yeah. words of Kwame Torrey. A lot of this people say, oh, he's ripping off this person. Well, of course I'm ripping this person off because how many times have you watched CNN? And I'm going to end this now because I'm, about to, I'm, doing, I'm doing that very thing. Is how many times have you heard, have you saw a black man sitting next to a white person and the white person just explains racism to that black person? I'm like, I'm sitting right here, motherfucker. <laughs> well, you know, as an organizer, you see it a lot. <laughs> but hey, they they give me a platform so that what makes it better for you know what I mean. Um, and what you just talked about is honestly when you get into the conversation like um like of reparations and a lot of the, the liberal idea of reparations is that we just want money. But what you just explained is exactly is a nuance and understanding of what reparations truly mean for the community. With not just money, but just giving a foot at the table, actual a rightful foot at the table, and being acknowledged and not always stereotyped and, and, and screwed. It's a very, very detailed understanding of what reparations is. Um, black people so, always characterize black people as wanting a handout. There you go. Oh, yeah. That's that, that's that, right. You're pointing, you're pointing out power to me, right? right? Pointing out power to your readers. That is that is that is the argument, and and that that's that's the, that's one of the top three arguments right there. That's right. laziness. You want something for free, right? But yeah. you know we built this fucking place for free. So, <laughs> um, one thing that really striking that's totally different from California to than any other uh like besides Nor- uh, New York or any other major city is just the how big and bad the homelessness is. Uh, the tent cities and everything. Um, do you do you uh, plan on like what do you have a plan for that within the tent cities and everything? I know that's a very difficult thing for capitalism for capitalists. Um, 
Homeless is always reactionary. <laughs> I, 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 if you look at, if you go to a, I don't want to. Here's a corporation, but if you go to Indeed, mm-hmm. I'm on Indeed. Look at my, look at my life. Um, mm-hmm. I worked with homeless, homeless people who suffer mental illness. A homeless through the county, private companies, fr- private nonprofits for years. Homelessness is, um, it's true. I'm gonna go a little heady. Um, Dostoevsky always said, if you want to judge a country. Um, look inside their prisons. Mm. Um, and now, if you want to get an idea of all the failures of the United States of America, go talk to a homeless person. See the failures of the mental health system. Right. See the failures of minimum wage. See the failures of disability insurances. See the failures of our health, health insurance companies. See the failures of landlords who who uh, who reject rent control see the failures of our capitalist system that have in recent years all but made middle class disappear by sucking right. up all of the in all of the money from middle class up top yep so it's not people will tell you well we need another shelter we need you know blah 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 it's a, they're like forever we just banned it enough banned it enough now I worked on Skid Row in downtown LA between 2003 and 2006. And one of the reasons that I, I you know, I do often say is, is that the re- I, I worked with homelessness up here in Humboldt County and on Long Beach. Uh, homelessness has gotten worse. I worked my ass off and I took a job. I, I got a master's degree, which was, I saw a news week. It said master's degree in social work is the lowest paying mastery, master's degree you can get. And I dedicate oh, wow. my life. And, and, right. and after 20 years of, of, of this dedication as a social worker, every problem I, I try to help solve and rehabilitate has gotten worse and i'm like and that's been taken from me mm-hmm. uh, right so um homelessness is um just it's first of all let people be homeless stop criminalizing it mm. right um uh, that's very radical to say <laughs> i mean i agree all, with you though <laughs> uh, we 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 like and 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 uh, and the Arabian content. There's the there's uh, cultures of the Bedouins um, in uh, Native American cultures. People live that way. They live on a, in an area, but they would not have the uh, brick and mortar homes. So people mm-hmm. can live and be very happy without yeah. having a shelter. Now that's not shelter. a common thing in America. No one thinks like that. So Nobody. why is that a criminal activity? Right. That's the and that's the importance of it. The reason it's a criminal activity because the codification of communities. Ooh, I sound like uh, that rhymes. The codification <laughs> is, is as such: on private land, you're not allowed. On public land, you're not. If you're on private land, they'll call the police. If you're on public land, they're you know they'll call the police, and 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 and, and there's no legal place, really. Now, more and more, they're allowing that that certain parts or areas are allowed to like you know in certain areas we, we won't give you a ticket oh we won't criminalize you for a small period of time stop criminalizing people um and i'm gonna end the thought is that i made i think i think you know we took the iceberg the largest mental health institution in the united states is is the El- los angeles county um men's jail facility mm-hmm. so the largest mental health facility is a jail wow in the united states that speaks volumes of what is priority within the system. That just sounds money as fuck. Yeah. So this is what this is what uh, 
This is what Democrats have produced. This is what Republicans have produced. This is what Democrats have produced. This is what progressives have produced um, under the two-party system. Uh, so, um, and so as, as people say, yeah, I've heard this, I've heard this, I've heard this. But why are you? Why are people continuing to vote for Democrats? I'm running for an office where Alex Padilla has raised eight million dollars to run wow. for office, and the and the uh, and the um, campaign um, deadline. Uh, the campaign begins March 11th. The campaign mm. has not began, and Alex Padilla, um, who is a Democrat, has raised eight million dollars for a job that pays 172 thousand dollars a year. He's raised um, more money than if he had that job for the next 25 years. So logic, let's like, okay, so I want to become, I don't know, name a job. I want to become a librarian that pays $50,000 a year. So to apply for a librarian position, am I going to raise $2 million to apply for that job? No, I don't know. So Mm. the reason that he's applying for that job has nothing to do with an income. It has nothing to do with having that job. And the reason the Democratic Party is putting political action committees, which he has, um, is because... Um, they want to maintain the status quo. The status quo is corporate America. This corporate America is the source of all racism and sexism in the United States. America needs to start saying, look, 60% of us are poor in reality. And I can break all those numbers down. 60% of us are paycheck to paycheck people. 60% of us allow 90% of what we produce to be taken from us while we live off of a dime of a percentage of what we produce. Our profit is being taken by bald-headed weirdos flying into space. We have got to say, we, you know, this is the, why are we doing that? Um, why? Vote for somebody else. It, it's, it's past time that we have to start demonstrating. We have to get out in the streets. We have to make corrupt. We have to, like, go at these people because they are not going to change. They will continue to offer really good plans and mm-hmm. every election year, and they will follow up with none of it. And none they'll whittle it. it down and say, it's the other party's fault. Yep. And so that's what, what Bell is doing now. So <laughs> no matter what plan you hear from the Democrats or Republicans, you'll get about a 10th of it um, come the day that they vote on it. And then you have a 50-50 chance whether or not it'll pass any good right. legislation. The profits are the unpaid wages of the proletariat. That is a very um, important line that I want people to understand and sums up basically what you're saying. Um, and the, I think what's important is that, like you said, we keep it's I, I think we're in an abusive relationship, really, with the United States government. The American people is in the abusive relationship with the United States government, and they have done their uh, due diligence on making it seems that two party systems are the only way when it is not. The only way is building true working power between grassroots and also supporting other parties that have other ideas that could actually give you like what the Green Party or a PSL party or uh, sometimes a Libertarian Party would give you a a better plan than what the Democrats are saying, because you can't even trust them at this point. You know, Biden said he's going to help out with student loans. That has not happened. But what has happened is his push to be in more wars. And that he, I'll offer you almost World War Three in exchange to not caring about black communities and indigenous communities. Um, I'm gonna give you a black supreme. Uh, I'm gonna give you a black supreme judge. On the same day, the day that the war is announced, is that a coincidence? <laughs> yes. 
But I'm not racist because I'm about to put a black judge in the Supreme Court. We are inclusive. We're dropping trans bombs, rainbow bombs. <laughs> you know, that is the that's imperialism. That's U.S. imperialism um, at its finest when on both sides. You know, the, the, the Republicans will be reactionary and actually get very vicious on the hatefulness, which they're not afraid to do because they are able to see what working class people are doing and they benefit off of their anger. The Democrats colonialism, really... Yeah. Colonialism, it's colonialism straight through and through. Um, yeah. What it is is colonialism. It's uh, been going on for a long time and yeah. and we're seeing right in front of our face. Right. right. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, yeah. One, one thing moving forward, I want to get to, uh, before we get into this whole industrial complex again, <laughs> You have free college, free public college up here. Um, yeah. Now, the Democrats has actually pushed for this. And I know here in Connecticut, they have talked about four, three, three years ago, actually. I'm trying to remember the press conference I was sitting in. I believe it was three years ago that they were pushing for free public college. And then they recanted their statement. And now they are pushing for free um, community college. Um, just to let you all know, I don't, to my knowledge, none of this has actually been came to pass and they've been talking about this for the last four years um so if there i i, I can't say that every state has free community college yet because i don't know that off the way but what i know is that it's not happening none, none of this has been pushed yet and it can literally be fixed with a swift of a pen that's how it's how easy it is it's, it's an executive order away if, if 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 i'm correct i don't know if, if, if am i correct on that it's literally an executive order away right yeah, it is. It's uh, um, it's it's it could be an executive order. It can be an order by the Senate. It could be. I mean, it could be a legislation that they pass by the Senate. It could be as simple as uh, adding a tax onto the billionaires and having that um, pay for everything. Uh, there's about a billion ways you can probably go at it. Um, mm-hmm. But the reason that we don't go at it is uh, Citibank, Chase, Make of America. Um, these companies that provide the loans um, don't want to see an end to that. I know that firsthand because I uh, took out $64,000 in loans from Citibank. And by the time I paid them off, I think I paid well over $95,000 um, if you add the interest. It took about five years. And when I got out of college, I had my monthly payments was $500 a month. And I was only making uh, $25,000. So I was making $2,000 a month. So they're taking one-fourth of my income right off the top. Uh, but um, it's and you know then then on topic is the student bookstores. The text costs to you know my day were like hundred dollars base price for a textbook, and so the textbook industries they make big money off of that too, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody that goes to university has to buy a two hundred dollar or two hundred dollar book, or anybody that like studies Shakespeare and inside the bookstore they have a Shakespeare one play for twenty dollars, but if you go to right across the street to use bookstore, it's a dollar fifty. Right. Um, yeah. It's a it's a it's an industry. It's a money making industry. And so you have banks that are interested in it, the college bookstores that are interested in it. Universities themselves don't want that um, mm-hmm. because the university, the, the chancellors, the administrators, they all make a tremendous amount of money. I uh, think, oh, uh, you know, the college uh, programs make millions of dollars a year. It's yeah. a it's it's an, it's an industry. It's not. So um, the reason that they don't is these lobbyists that want to convince us that it's better for this. But, you know, again, I'm, I was the first person in my family to get a college degree. And so I get out of college and I'm paying $500 a month 
to student loans. And then, you know, everybody knows that you don't pay one third of your rent in this country. You pay half of that. So I was paying a thousand dollars a month in rent. I was paying five hundred dollars in student loans. You know, there goes uh, three quarters of my income to my landlord and banks. Oh, my God. And then we <laughs> oh live. So people want to say, OK, let's talk. You know, uh, let's no way for people. Sixty percent of America to live. That's, you know, people write, you know. Um, there was, I saw this news of some billionaire is giving out money to these inner city uh, schools um, for free uh, college loans. That was all over. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the system makes people live this live this way. So yes, I, um, I went to college because um, I wanted to have a nice convertible car. I want to live down by the beach. I want to have a ponytail girlfriend when I got to college. <laughs> I want to have a good life. We all dream. <laughs> um, it's a good dream, but then what? I, what I found was is just debt. And I remember going. I remember um, my first job out of college, going on long walks after I got off work because I was just so steaming, so angry, watching my father's like just for the final hour check. And I was like, and I was doing the math in my head. I'm like, this is I'm founded this for the next ten years. Yeah. I'm like, and uh, you know, then you got people saying, well, you took the loan. There's this great Spike Lee uh, uh, produced uh, musical. I forget the name about this man that travels, and, and the character says, "Remember the first time that you realized that you let a teenager decide what your career was going to be?" Paraphrasing, and then he stops mm-hmm. and says, "A stone teenager." Well, you remember the first time you you decided to go to college and then let a teenager decide to take out hundred thousand dollar loans? Stone teenager. <laughs> oh my god, that's such a, that's funny. It's so true <laughs> because you literally passing, passing something. Passing, what was the name of the musical? Passing. Oh gosh, I um, ooh, Spike Lee. It was a musical about a black man back in the sixties that travels through Europe and sees the America for the, he's like living in America and everyone treats him like a black man. And then he goes yeah, to Europe yeah, yeah. and they, and he's like, wait a second, there's a world without this. Yeah. I, I, I can't think of it, but I know what you're talking about. Passing free. Anyways, we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's so true with the fact about 18 year olds that literally like they get out of school and they're told to straight up like choose a a, a major that you're going to be into for the rest of your life when you don't really know yourself you're you're 18 i've been working as a substitute teacher and kids come to me and i said look if you want to figure out think about what you're going to be doing five days a week whether or not you're an accountant or an artist. If you're just sitting at a laptop, you're just sitting on your ass 40, 40 hours a week. Is that the job you want? Or maybe, I'm like, people always come to me, what do I want to do? Like, you know, I watch the 11th and 12th graders. And I'm like, well, you got to think about what is your day-to-day of that and how mm-hmm. you're going to spend your life. And I know that because I got a friend who is a studio musician who's worked with some great bands. And, and, and he says, you know, you just get tired of, no matter what band it is, they get tired of playing their hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damn me, I can relate. <laughs> so like, I want to hear that great hit from 20 years ago. Like I, I've, I've played it a billion times, man. It's no longer special. That's not. Yeah. So you got to think about what you're doing, what you're doing day to day, and um, part of that. So if you're going to go into debt and pay off one fourth your income when you get out of college, yeah, and pay uh, one half your income to your landlord because no rent control, no rent okay. control. And you're gonna not retire at the age of 65 because Social Security is, uh, right now is about on average $1,500 a month. Most seniors are going in, um, into uh, turning 65 right now um, don't get more than $1,500 a month. Anybody that's paying rent, 
Um, 90% of them aren't getting subsidized housing. So most seniors turning 65 right now um, for $1,500, they can, they have to, they have to live in a studio. Someone lives 65 years. They got a little bit uh, they, think of all your records. You think of all your, your, your collections, all the stuff you collected over 60 years. And then mm-hmm. you got that. And most seniors have, you know, what they do is they get a storage space for their life. And that's life in America, man. Yep. The ownership is at what? The ownership for housing is at what? 40% in America? I think it's lower than that. Lower. Um, it is lower. Um, it's about 20%. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm a storyteller. I'm a storyteller. Um, let's see. 12. Okay. So when I, um, free public colleges, may I have your permission to change topics to rent control? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to discuss rent control and how rent control saves can save capitalism from uh, major corporations, from the uh, from the hyper capitalist uh, uh, multinational corporations. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk about how uh, rent control is actually can most people is is cap as a cap can save capitalism. All right, so I'm um, living in Long Beach, and the years is 2015 to 2017, right? Um, between 2015 and 2017, rents went up 10% every year during those years. It was historic um, in many ways, but Long Beach, Pasadena, and L.A. City, um, the rents on average went up 10% every year. Um, in Long Beach alone, um, and, and I'm going to geek out, in Long Beach at that time, there were uh, 120,000 housing units, no, 140,000 housing units, and um, and there were 140,000 housing units, homes, apartments, and such. And um, about 100,000 of those were rentals. And so um, rents went up uh, 10%, 10%, 10%. And because it was built upon it, rents went up about 50% over three years. Um, now, I, I say this is because most people think that the stereotype is a cute gray-haired little old man or lady who's your landlord but about 95% of the landlords were corporations. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what happened was, is if you do the math, like I want to do the math, I'm probably boring people for like the hell of it. Now, um, <laughs> um, but um, over those three periods, that um, those increases, I did, I sat down with the calculator, cost roughly $3 billion. $3 mm-hmm. billion went out of, the pockets of renters and 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 i and and people that live in long beach i hope you're watching me and people living in that period in la and pasadena if you remember between 2015 and 2017 all of the local stores just went empty so all the local home you know uh barber shops and all those stores record stores they lost mm-hmm. all of all of their uh, disposable income man and then oh. you know and then that was the rise of amazon too yeah so um what so if there was rent control and, and, and think about that was 2017 and that's the past five years. So we're talking about $10 billion that could have gone into local mom and pop stores and sucked it right out to multinational companies, mm-hmm. but they bought rent control because it was the boogeyman. Right. Right. Because they're telling uh, the people, the local voters, the local home, uh, landlords that were going to re- that would vote on it, and because it's a citywide thing, a countywide thing, and even they 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 tried to pass that in 2018. There was something on California ballot and that failed, but they they boogeymaned uh, rent control and said that to local uh, landlords that rent control would would make them go under, whereas that were in fact 
rent control would have saved their 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 livelihood. Mm. Now let's be optimist uh, optimistic. I know this is not on your platform, but how would you feel? How do you feel about uh, expanding and improving public housing in that aspect? They got to do it on steroids, and I don't. I'm not sure that they would. As a social uh-huh. worker, I I have helped probably um, usually 100 people do a HUD application. Um, mm-hmm. I've done it. I, I it's exactly eight pages, and I've helped. I've sat down with people, and I know how to. And I know that you can't turn a HUD application without um, um, the birth certificate and the ID accompanying it, or they'll send it right back. I know mm-hmm. that it will take them six months to get back to you, and I know that it'll take about five years to get on that HUD application. Then once you get a certified HUD application, you have three months to fulfill that HUD application. And if you cannot find a landlord to accept that application, you lose that application. You lose that HUD HUD certification. Um, That doesn't make any life easy. (laughs) um, And 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 you know what? Do it on freaking steroids. Just, Just fine. But as the system stands today, why are we talking about how accepting people are going to live homelessly on the streets? If anyone knows that a week on the streets will drive you insane, why would mm-hmm. we accept that someone's going to do it for five years? Right. So, right. Um, yeah, let's do it. Flood it in. But and 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 people. But don't that. That's not where you you uh, you rely on the change happening. Um, you can't say, but there's. Subsidized housing, ah, that, that doesn't solve anything. That is just a token of showing that there's something that is in the works. That is a reason that people use to say we shouldn't have rent control. That is a reason that we people should say we shouldn't raise social security and disability benefits because those people could, could only have to pay that with subsidized housing. But one out of 10 get that at best. So I know that, for instance, that there is an initiative in certain cities as well, too, like, for instance, New Haven. I don't know how um, L.A. or Pasadena or uh, San Francisco does, uh, but they have given a public housing initiative. But when you look inside it, they're just doing contractors with uh, gentrifying gentrification, and they offer 5% of that total bill to go toward public housing so they can be able to get a tax rebate, basically. Um, is that what you're seeing as well in California as well too? In California, I watched them put a loophole that they that 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 like they'll say five percent has to be public housing, ten percent has to be public housing, but then they provide a loophole which is a, mm-hmm. which is a fine. It's like oh, but 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 you cannot. But if you don't do that, just pay us a fine. And, and mm-hmm. people like right, and the fine is worth it to them. They're like if I don't have to put up with with, with the, it's a rich ass state, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's always a loophole. There's always a loophole to that. Wow, so they can basically buy their way out of not applying to the rules. I mean, I'm not yeah. surprised. Late stage capitalism. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I went to a seminar about that. I went, I went to a seminar for for the for the developers in Anaheim, California, on how to and how to and how to fill out the forms and use that loophole. And there was a training seminar for that. Wow, wow. Now, um, let me just say, I can yeah. solve homelessness right now. But that's why I'm running for federal office, mm. because the solution to end homelessness is at the federal level. And it isn't to what it is, is we have got to triple our retirement checks. We have to triple our disability checks. Mm. Um, what we are really looking at are people who are living on the streets because the government check doesn't pay the rent. Right. And it's that simple. 
Um, we, the, the, it began when we decided to stop taxing millionaires. It began. Right. Like Reagan era, right? Yeah. Yeah. And remember, he's the one that ended uh, um, inpatient psychiatric, forced inpatient psychiatric hospitalizations. Um, but it began when we, when uh, minimum wage um, grew flat. Um, and it's, and as inflation hit and rents went up, um, we saw um, homelessness go up. Right. If you want to end homelessness right here, right now, I'll tell you as a social worker, when I was on Skid Row, I had a, I had a caseload of 150 uh, clients when I was working in downtown Long Beach, I had about 18. Um, it, you know, you got someone with schizophrenia. Let's take a worst case scenario, but mm-hmm. they're, but I, 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 I'm not giving them any money as a social worker. I'm just helping them utilize their checks to the best way. You take someone who's on SSDI, I mean, S, yeah, SSDI, so secure, this is supplemental security disability insurance. And the average right now is about $1,000 a month. You give a social worker $3,000 a month, they'll get everybody on their caseload off the streets. Mm. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I definitely believe that. Yeah. You got people who have auditory hallucinations, and you got a social worker trying to negotiate with the landlord. And it's like, oh, it's a regular check. And that was my best argument. But they, they have a guaranteed income. But they're like, but the rent's nine hundred dollars a month, and they only get a thousand dollars. Well, we we cash it together. That's why they have support. Mm. Right? But what sure what have anybody asked you who's going to pay for that? What's that? Has anybody asked you who's going to pay for that? Where the funds will come from? For what the tripling? Yeah, to for for your for what, the way you think housing should be handled. You know, has anybody asked you? No, 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 it's immediately rejected. Mm. This concept is immediately rejected. As people say, fight for 15, I'm like, okay, we got seven and a half dollars. How do you think a senior's live getting by? Right, a right, senior, right. if you if, if you take their 15 dollar check and divide it in a 40 hour work week, they're getting like two and a half dollars an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people, right? People on monthly uh, are on, on the are most people. This population that are homeless or people that are getting checks, even if they're vets or whatever, they're, that's why they see so many vets out because their monthly checks can't pay the rent. Help the people pay the rent. And people say, how, how are you going to do it? Well, um, tax all the billionaires, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, tax the oil. Yeah. You know, tax the capitalist system that produces this, man. Yeah. Because I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of feeling guilty because a lot of people I went to high school with did become homeless. I, I worked with a lot of people. I'm tired of feeling guilty of watching it being 30 degrees outside and knowing that someone's sleeping in a sleeping bag outdoors. Right. Why should I feel guilty? Why fucking Bezos is flying and having his jollies in a rocket? Right. That's a conversation that I've had with my partner as well, too. Um, how we struggle, you know, and then we see all these people homeless asking for asking for money. And, and it's like, wow, why can't this city take accountability and see all this that's going on and use their funds truly instead of trying to always make sure they make the police happy and stuff like that? Make, like, truly, name one, like, name one United <laughs> States senator that isn't a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. And that's a big deal. No one says anything about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying about it. All right. <laughs> You're right. 
Yeah, man. Like, I think it's I think that is so important to just drill in people's heads 24-7, just keep doing that, especially in California and how powerful California is compared to other states. I mean, they literally are the Mecca of Democrats. Two weeks ago, they had a they had a bill that was up for um, statewide a single payer health insurance, and they decided not to bring it to a vote because they thought they couldn't get the votes. Gavin Newsom mm-hmm. has been uh, advocating for single payer health care. That's supposed to be his thing, and right. in, in a state that is that is as by and large Democrat, mayors Democrat, the assemblies mm-hmm. everybody's Democrat. And they thought they couldn't get a vote for a single payer, so they just decided not to vote on it. So let me get this straight. The whole entire state is Democrat, and they have, they say they want single payer so they can get this passed easily, but somehow they also think they can't get single payer. They couldn't get, they get votes, right? And so they just decided not to vote on it. How long has the Democrats ran uh, California, basically? It's I been mean, a while, right? I mean, our, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger was like the most liberal guy I knew. Yeah. I mean, you'll call him a Republican, but I, I'm like, you know, that he looked just like a Democrat to me. Right. <laughs> even, so, even our, even our, even our Republicans are Democrats. Well, we have a few. Marco Rubio, I think, is from us, or, or what's his? Uh, Devin Nunes, I think. It is. Devin Nunes, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, Devin, Devin Nunes. Uh, um. <laughs> I didn't mean to say crackpot. That's not nice. Yeah. I need to be nice. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, say it. <laughs> um, now I believe that ninety percent, uh, by and large, as a rule, Democrats and Republicans are all conservative. They make yes. the promises, but the ends are all the conservative. Yes. Way. I mean that's why Democrats are always so leaning towards what the, how the Republicans feel in contrast to how Republicans don't give a fuck how people feel and just do what they want. Um, if Democrats had the, the the gall to do exactly how Republicans are, just you know, just get shit done, you'll see a totally different system. Honestly, yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it's always a, a bipartisanship, a, a bipartisanship for some reason. Anytime when it's bipartisan, I was like, ah, this is not even. Well, Democrats receive more corporate donations than Republicans now. So Democrats are now more. uh, So Republicans receive less corporate donations than Democrats now. So we have more in common with Republicans when it comes to corporate donations. Well, really? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So let's say if you win and your first day in the Senate, you have majority of Democrat colleagues. Will they work with you, or, w- or how can you imagine that's going to go go down? Man, if I won, <laughs> I, I mean, I'd be like, "Well, on my first day, I will put one." I wet my pants. It's a great honest <laughs> answer. <laughs> I would have a panic attack, and from the time I the, from the time of the election to the time I got sworn in, I would be like up twelve hours. I would sleep two hours a day. I'd be writing legislation. I would be contacting everybody I know. I would be contacting, you know, people would be reaching out to me. I'm like, I want, I, I want anti-corporation laws. I want to talk about the environment. And, and you know, Alex Padilla is against fracking, right? Mm-hmm. Gavin, and Gavin Newsom's against fracking. Kamala Harris is against fracking. But has fracking stopped one bit? You saw my video. No. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want anti-fracking. I want my first legislation to end homelessness. Is going to put a way to end so to, to raise social security, 
raise disability benefits, right? Mm -hmm. To infuse money, federal money, into, into having free college. To no longer make colleges funded by state and counties, colleges will now be funded by the federal government. I would I would raise taxes on on on, on billionaires. I I would just like you know, my goal is not the legislation. My 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 my. Aren't you tired of living this way, America? Right. Aren't you freaking tired of being poor? Aren't you tired of being precarious? It is because of us that the English class system added a new class subsystem called the precarious poor to be only within a. Uh, a slight illness or a setback to lose our housing and fall into deep poverty. Our system produced that the precarious poor is what our capitalism. Aren't you tired of that? Don't you want a way of life? And aren't you tired of like saying one day I want to be Kanye. And, and I point out to people, statistically speaking, statistically speaking, a person is more likely to become a millionaire through a winning lottery ticket through, than through a, a career of talent, yeah. right? Um, how many people want to learn that? I would be down in LA, people go shred guitar. I'm like, Jesus Christ, yeah, I study classical music. And you're not famous? Nah, nah, nah I'm a waiter, right? Talented people very rarely get, get rich. Basketball, yeah. all that. I call that the, I got the, the talent millionaire, like 1%. Yeah. That American dream does not work. Go buy a lottery ticket if you want to be a millionaire because of that talent, because it ain't going to work. Yeah, you're being brutally honest, and I respect that because we're, too, we're, we're raised too much to think that we're all going to become millionaires. That's the problem with America. Do you um, like outcasts? Do you like outcasts? Yeah, that's one of my favorite groups. Yep. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, Gasoline Dreams is like the song of the two, 2020s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have, I have flat, I have been so angry and gone for a walk and put my headphones on this and gasoline dreams. <laughs> hey man, you gotta do what you gotta do. You know what I mean? Self-care, self-care. When you're out here always pissed about what's going on, that, you know, I go through the same thing, man. Like, yeah, I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> and you talk about this shit and, every, and everybody comes out, but everybody's got appearances. If this was a hundred years ago, we would see people standing around trash cans that have fires in them. Nah. Um, yeah. but it's just it's just all appearances. You like know, France, you know? the yellow vest movement. Huh. Yeah. I know about it. What about it? What what you're explaining, like we, we need to bring back a working class that it comes together like that. Mm-hmm. That's I the only way. I did a documentary. I, I I'm a guy of challenges. I'm a weird I I I Living in LA, I, I knew a lot of people that went to film school. So I'm like, what? And, and so many friends of mine that went to film school never did a film. I'm like, why would you go to film school and never make a film? So I made a, I made two films, funded them, wrote them, directed them, edited them. One of them is on Occupy LA, right? Mm. It's uh, OLA. And I made it. I went down. Occupy LA happened in 2011, dating myself. And from the first day of Occupy LA, to the last day of Occupy LA, 59 days over. I drove down every day and I just, I, I, I video, I taped it and then I edited it together. Um, and then I made a 30 minute documentary and went to a, and went to a film festival. So I got, I accomplished making a film, but not one that would just go to YouTube, but I could make, and I went to a film festival and that was on Occupy LA and how, and how uh, the Occupy movement developed a cell, a sustaining movement over time and how they did that. That's what I was, I wasn't really about what it was about, but how can you do something like that just on pure sheer will? And that's what they did. 
right? Because that's, that's what that's that's what we got to do. Now you got truckers down there, and you got the pillow guy sending billions of dollars or million dollars, and they're getting all supported by these people because the truckers get all this money. But when we do something, it has to be by sure will, it has to be by small donation. And how do you? Right, right. And so I did a I did a I did a documentary on that, and that's what we need to do is 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 to have, bring people together to where we can share our passion and 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 work on a little bit every day, each one of us. And move towards something and get it done. Yeah, I agree with that. That's where we are now. Yeah, exactly. And um, we we were close to that when Trump was in office. But I feel like a lot of people started getting lax after he lost. Um, And the important is, the the sad part is, is that we could have kept that fire going. And I think that fire would have given Biden a... uh, understanding of where he needs to go, but he understands now that everybody's like, whoo, whoo. <laughs> so he's taking advantage of the whoo. <laughs> but, but, but remember, man, when, when that shit went down down in Portland and right. they moved into the federals, they said it was because in Portland that was going on federal land, right? So they go all hot and heavy. But then a few months, what, months later on January 6th, that shit happened on federal land, but they didn't bring in the military and that shit, did they? No. So we can learn things by looking past the history of the differences of these things. People, uh, you know, scoff about, about what happened in Portland, Black Lives Matter, um, Antifa. But, you know, and they're like, oh, they're weirdo. But, look, but, then, but then you wait just a little bit and look what happened on January 6th. And look at those freaks and how yeah. violent they were. And they wanted how to go out and they were. kill people. Right. And where was the response? None. So mm-hmm. what happened in Portland is has a different narrative when you look at through that lens, Right. Right, and right. the time people were scoffing on, on Antifa, Black Lives Matter, what was going on in Portland, they were saying they were wasting time, they were lazy and want to work. But the minute that it becomes January sixth, the you know these guys, these truckers, it's a different narrative. It is across most of them. I've totally fifty minutes, huh? Hot. <laughs> Anything? Uh, I'm. We can meet again if you'd like. If this, is, yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, you might um, we could definitely wrap this up, yeah, and, and uh, uh, definitely reschedule for another season. You know, I love to have you come back on. Um, this was a great conversation, and I have I have your uh, your link below. So, what what's next for you, real quick? Uh, do you got any uh, events that you got to do or fundraising that you want to bring out? Uh, when when is the election? When how how could people the election for people June. that don't know when the elections in June? The campaign starts March eleventh. Um, okay. This is my third campaign. It's going to be different. It's going to have to be virtual. It's going to have to be me writing op-eds and newspaper and some newspapers explaining why I'm running, telling mm-hmm. my story, making videos. It's going to be a lot of virtual, which, which is a sad thing. Uh, and 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 because face to face, you you get the the results are so much bigger. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be slow. It's going to be you know March to June. So we're looking at uh, like. Three months of, of it, and then that's and that's good. And then it's going to be you know the top two people go to the runoff election in uh, November. But and you're on the uh, ballot, right? You're going to be. I am on the ballot. ballot. That, awesome. that took me a year. That took me a year to do. That is another thing. I, saw, I think there was like 30, 40 people, and I think there's right about twelve left over now um, to mm-hmm. raise the money, get the signatures, do all that was. They, they've made it really hard. They're actually even trying to pass. I saw um, one in, in, the, in California right now. They're trying to pass legislation to ban um, ranked, vote, ranked choice voting. 
You want oh, wow. to add it here. Yeah. Um, uh, the Democrats have been making the people talking about this voter rights uh, bill that they did. But if you look at it, it makes it even harder for third parties to get on the ballot. So mm-hmm. they like so they're the Democrats are leading the charge to silence us. It's the Democrats. And they blame mm-hmm. the Republicans for what for making voting itself harder, while the Democrats make it harder and harder to get on the ballot. Yeah. I definitely agree with that off of my experience. I've seen that firsthand in 2018. Um, but James Kahn, thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> I, I, I hope I did okay. Please invite me back. And I'll definitely invite you back, man. Thank you so much. Uh, you're definitely a friend in the show. I'm going to send you the link because this is live so you can be able to share this out. Um, and then I'll drop videos in, in between through the days, like little clips and stuff like that. So. Definitely. Thank you so much for uh, coming on. Thank you. All right. Have a great weekend. You too. Have have a good weekend. And everybody that's listening, have a good weekend and good night. Oh, good afternoon. That's over here. Yeah, we'll go with blank period. Yeah, I'm a black, brown, and indigenous. Gotta holla if you really feeling this. Gotta holla if you really real enough. Other rappers is delirious. Yeah, it's really that serious. Better holla if you really feeling me. I gotta keep it a hundred. Hey, if you don't like it, then fuck it. Hey, we gonna win in the end. Yeah, we gonna live in abundance. I gotta keep it a hundred. Hey, if you don't like it, then fuck it. Hey, we gonna win in the end. Yeah, we gonna, we gonna, we gonna. I gotta keep it a hundred. We gotta stop all the stunting. You know we coming from nothing. Yo, you talking about money, you bluffing. We gotta do something different. We gotta change how we living. We gotta do better for women. We gotta do better for children. We gotta listen to victims, whether Jewish or Muslim or Christian. It doesn't matter your religion. You gotta stand against the system, or else you're just another villain. How you just sitting there chilling?